0: Hello, and welcome to episode one of the PhD cast by the cebus GPA. I'm Micah, and today I'm joined by Megan, Anna and Nate. In the next two episodes of the CBIS GPA podcast, we're going to be discussing information regarding graduate school recruitment. And today specifically, we'll focus on interview etiquette and how to sell yourself. To start us off, we're going to go over what's appropriate attire for an interview
1: okay so hey guys uh this is anna uh i'm gonna start off our discussion today um so i guess attire is a good place to start right because like when we're really thinking about preparing for going into these interviews like what do you prepare at home and in a lot of cases when we're not in pandemic times what are you packing uh to stay at this hotel at the school you're visiting um a lot of this is going to be common sense when it comes to like um like dressing up for a job interview, for example, which I'll go over. But a lot of it's also going to be dictated by the weather uh, wherever the school is located. Um, and coming from the university that we do, it's usually very cold uh, during recruitment. So that's something to consider. So um, similar to a job interview, um, you, want to, you don't want to wear something super casual. I would advise against jeans. Um, I would advise against shorts in general. Um, For women or men, um, I would say if I'm going back to when I started my PhD and was doing my recruitment visitations, I think I wore like slacks. Um, like some like nice flat leather shoes. I avoided heels personally because there is a lot of walking generally if you're visiting. Obviously this is gonna change uh, if you're doing this virtually. Uh, but if you're in person, as a woman personally, I would avoid heels. Wear something that's comfortable to walk in. Um, as for a shirt or a top, um, I would say anywhere between business casual to business. So I think like a sweater or a button down or a blouse for women is appropriate. Uh, Overdressing is just gonna make you uncomfortable in my opinion. I don't think a lot of these, a lot of schools are gonna like expect men to be in a full suit or women to be in a pantsuit or anything fancy. So uh, these things generally are kind of a marathon. So I would say really go for something comfortable but you do look professional um, to a degree. Um, As for things, not to wear, like I said, I would avoid uncomfortable shoes, I would avoid shorts. Uh, For women, I would avoid things like a low cut shirt um, or spaghetti straps or tank top. You also want to plan for the weather. So obviously if it's at a university that's like in the far north of the U.S. or somewhere that's very cold, bring a coat, um, bring a hat, bring mittens, whatever. Um, and if you're somewhere where it's going to be hotter, account for that. Don't wear multiple layers um, and make yourself uncomfortable because you're going to be away from your your hotel for quite a while. Um, other than that, I don't know if you guys have anything to like kind of add in there. Uh, it's... From my visitations, I've seen people wear things that are less than business casual, but I also remember being like, I would not do that. Um, I would stick business casual or, or business. Um, but if anyone has anything to add, please contribute.
2: I would, I would 100% agree because when I did my recruitment weekend here, um, it was in a blizzard and coming from California, I had no idea what that meant. And I, I remember seeing it on the weather app and still not processing it. So I showed up and I think it was a sleeveless blouse. Um, I agree with Anna, like you should probably be going for business casual, but I was in a sleeveless top, a very thin jacket in leather, thin loafers. And it was. they shut down school for the day. Like it was a bad snowstorm and it was horrible. So like you know, just be aware. You know, there's you're probably gonna get contacted by with some grad students from that university. Um, you know, reach out and ask like, what do you think the weather's gonna be like this weekend that I'm coming? Um, so you can pack appropriately. Um, I agree with Anna. Uh, maybe don't wear heels. I also made that mistake at a different uh, recruitment weekend where we had to walk across um, all of Miami. And I wore the most uncomfortable shoes, and I had blisters all over my feet, um, and I like could not even pay attention. So, you know, just be comfortable, but you do, you know, you do want to impress. This is something you want to impress um, your faculty and other people in the department. So, you know, try a little bit, but still be comfortable.
1: Yeah, like I said, uh, and going off what Megan's saying is. Uh, it's kind of a marathon at least for me you're not given a break or you can go back to your hotel room for probably eight to nine or more hours throughout the day um i think the only time that we had the opportunity was after dinner which was at like seven and then we were given like half an hour to change and then go out again if we wanted to so you're gonna be in the same clothes uh for more than a full work day so just be aware um you need to be comfortable basically yeah definitely So I guess um, if anyone has anything else to say about that, I think we're good, but we can move into more of the interview portion or the actual recruitment event. Yeah, I wonder
2: um, what are what are y'all's thoughts on interviewing and how you how you guys prepared for your interviews um, did you have any awkward interviews anywhere, um, or good interviews? Um, basically like how did you ask any, you know how like usually people need to prepare, like what questions are you going to ask your PI? So I don't know if anyone has any uh, advice or anecdotes on how their recruitment and interviews went.
0: I think one thing to, to keep in mind right away is you're going to get a list of who you're interviewing with almost certainly. Um, and if that's the case make sure that you spend the time to take a look at their website and really understand their research because they will have an expectation that you have at least done that much probably looked at their most recent paper or two and if you aren't there you're already starting behind and it's always better to be over prepared for this sort of thing than under prepared
3: yeah that's good advice i would say to you um, even go over your resume and the things that you did to um, submit your application for whatever uh, school you're going to because that's the material that they're gonna be looking at when they meet you, when they wanna talk to you, right? They're gonna be talking about the experiences that you listed on your resume, uh, maybe even your statements, go over some of that stuff. Um, I remember one in particular, I I had a project listed on my resume and that's all this PI wanted to talk about was that one project. And we, we sat there and talked about it for, 45 minutes to an hour Um, so I think it's good to remember all the things that you listed in that resume you know because sometimes they change for whatever school you're applying to so just brush up on your application materials a little bit too
2: yeah I think that's a that's a great point because I think uh, your interview usually part of it will be them asking you questions about the work you've done and what you want to do and then the other part is them talking about what their lab has done right so you it's like what Micah said you want to be prepared to ask them questions or, you know, at least have some baseline understanding of the projects that happen in their lab um, just so that, you know, you're able to interact and engage with them. Um, It can be kind of tough, you know, you don't have to like read all their papers, like that's kind of extra, but, you know, like look at their lab website, read some abstracts, try to get a good understanding of, you know, the type of research or the type of work that they do.
1: Yeah, I think uh, piggybacking off of all of that You don't need to think that these people are going to, like, grill you or quiz you about what they've done. But it just, as, like, a show of, like, just, like, academic respect, just know what they study. Like, even at a very basic level. I never even had any interviews where I felt like I was being asked too much or like, no, I I was being asked to know more than I needed to. And a lot of times when you go into these interviews, these professors and PIs that they like to talk about what they're doing to kind of pitch to you. Cause a lot of these people are looking for new students. So, uh, don't like kind of like stress yourself over it, but definitely do your research before you show up.
2: Absolutely. I think, uh, I don't know what questions you guys asked for your advisor, but um, I remember during my recruitment weekend, a group of a group of us like met up in my hotel room to kind of talk about you know, the faculty and like what questions we were hoping to ask. And some of them are always, you know, um, I think some standard ones are. What is the graduation rate? Like, where do they, where do your PhD students go after they graduate? Industry, academia, government, etc. Try to get a feel of, um, you know, the rate at which they're turning out um, graduate students. Um, that's a pretty good indi- indicator of productivity and a little bit of mentorship as well, honestly, uh, depending on the advisor. I think, you know, you tactfully ask about funding, tactfully. Um, I don't know what that, I I never got around to doing it, but now looking back, I really wish
1: that I did. So I think that's a question I would ask the students, um, because it tends to be a question that. A, you can come off rudely if you ask uh, a PI, oh, you know, what's your funding situation? But if you ask the students, like how many semesters did you have to teach before you got a research assistantship, that's an indirect way um, of asking what the funding situation is and the students aren't gonna be like necessarily offended by that because for them, it's not like, it's just they do what they have to to get their funding. Um, so I would definitely ask someone about funding, whether or not you ask the PI or the student is your choice, but I would definitely go with the grad student. Cause in a lot of cases, they'll be very blunt about it while, um, you know, a PI might kind of be, depending on their situation, it might be, uh, beating around the bush. or very roundabout about it. So that would be a question I would, I would ask
3: a postdoc or a graduate student for sure. I think while you're talking to the grad students too, um, It's important to talk about lab culture, for sure. And I think you'll get it straight from the grad students, not necessarily from the PIs, but I think the grad students will definitely tell you what the culture is like.
1: Yeah, that's especially true because a lot of PIs like my PI was very hands-off. He was rarely in the lab. He used to make the joke, like never let him into the lab because he would break something. He would be like, don't let me in, you guys handle it. So he was rarely there. So he didn't really know what our office and lab culture was like. Um, That's important. Uh, It's also important to know how many grad students are already in the lab. That was tough for me because I joined a lab that was empty at the time, which um, that's, we'll get into like the red flags situation. Um, It can be a red flag, but for me, it was not. It was just, I came in at a weird time and everyone had just graduated, but um, definitely find out how many people are there, how they like it, how they get along, um, and how they kind of split up the work for sure.
2: That's a, I was about to tag along to that and say, definitely ask about you know, what, how many grad students, but what projects they're working on, because, you know, you want to know if you're about to be collaborating a bunch with your lab mates or you're working on something completely separate and you're going to have to start something from scratch. So um, I don't know if you have any additional comments, Micah, but
0: I think it's definitely important to, to know if, yeah, especially with projects, if you're going to be brand new to it, um, and if you are, it's important to understand what you are capable of and if that's something you're interested in, which is going to kind of tie us into our next topic, which is how to sell yourself. So if this is your you know, dream lab, how are you going to present yourself in a way that this professor wants you to join them and really wants to extend that offer to you and have you in their lab?
2: I would say it kind of piggies back on what we were talking about before with, you know, make sure you do your research, you know, the last thing you want to do is show up at your dream faculty's interview and have no idea what their most recent work was, right? Because that's what they're going to be talking to you about. And if you're unable to communicate with them, then that might not come off that well. Um... You know, it's not necessary that you've done previous work or research in the same field. That's, that's not necessary at all. But you should be able to communicate with them um, regardless. So
3: I think uh, going off of what Megan was saying, um, it's important to to be able to communicate on uh, the projects that they're doing, but it's also OK to, to not totally understand everything. And it's OK to be inquisitive and ask questions. Uh, I think that really sheds a good light on you as well as a candidate. Uh, be inquisitive and to be curious about the topics that they're investigating and to be willing to learn more about it because that's that's really what it's all about right is, is, is learning more about the topic so
2: yeah that's I a... think uh oh sorry Anna yeah, you're... you
1: <laughs> <laughs> actually Nathan kind of was going down the exact same road that I was going down um where this was a skill I really had to learn in grad school and maybe this is something we can discuss in a, a later episode but Um, Even starting with interviews, don't be afraid to ask questions or ask for help when you don't understand what someone's talking about because if you paint yourself to be an expert in something that you're not, uh, it's not only unfair to the potential PI, but it's unfair to you because you're going to be expected to do more work. And from my experience, like I, I was a biochemist and I was interviewing and joining, I ended up joining a physical organic lab. And I told my advisor, like, I'm really interested in this, but there, I I know like nothing about what I'm doing. And he said, okay, well, here are the classes you need to take. Let's meet once a week, sit down and do like a two hour, like mini course for you. And, you know, we'll touch that way. So even starting with your interviews, like, especially for someone you're really interested in working with, just be willing to be like, I don't know what that means, or I don't know what that is. Just tell them. And they're not going to be upset with you. They're going to be like, oh, sure. And they'll love to explain it to you. So for sure, that's a really good point.
0: In my experience, professors have actually valued quite a bit is if you are coming from somewhere with a fresh perspective. Maybe you don't know much about this material, but you know a whole lot about something else and have a way to apply it. That's actually a big part of the whole building we're in, is the interdisciplinary studies part of CBIS is making sure we have people from all sorts of backgrounds working on projects and doing research, so similar to Anna. Um, I came in actually with a molecular biology, biochemistry and biophysics background, and then joined a, a mechanical lab. And so my biophysics of how quickly protons are moving in plants turns out not to be particularly useful for the mechanics of cancer tumors. So understanding what you're interested in, and like, I know I knew I wanted to be in this field, but I also was aware that I still had to learn quite a bit and making sure that you're telling your professor that but also expressing how interested you are is going to be really valuable.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. Telling them or showing how interested you are, I think, makes a huge impression. I think, uh, you know, at the end of it, they're looking to see how you communicate. You know, obviously, they're looking at your application packet to put some thought into, you know, that personal statement. You know, ta- like write about that faculty or lab in your personal statement. You know, show that you're really interested. Um, the faculty may or may not be around that poster session. That's uh, that happens usually during recruitment. Um, you know, show interest in the grad students as well and that work and that poster that they're presenting about. Um, I think that usually comes off well is when you're able to have a really easy discussion with the faculty instead of it being more like an intense interview.
1: On the note of grad students and showing interest in other grad students, a lot of faculty, uh, my advisor included, when they were considering bringing another grad student into the lab, they would consult their graduate students and say, what was your impression? Do you think, you know, they have the appropriate background? Do they have the appropriate attitude? And if you do something and to like, I don't know, show that you're disinterested in a graduate student's work or, I don't know, something like that. They could just be like, no, I don't think we should pick that person to be in this lab. So uh, it, it really is recruitment is like, yeah, you might have already been accepted to the to the program, but you want to network into the different labs and workplaces you actually want to be involved in. Um, and it kind of goes by the same rules as any networking event is just show interest, Um talk yourself up. I mean, not like to the point where it's like false, but like if you did something impressive in your college career, talk about it. Like if you're proud of it, talk about it. And people will like that.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, you brought up a good point about talking yourself up. I think, you know, if you have previous research experience or an internship or something, find a way where any part of that project connects with the faculty you're interested in. So for example, um, my current advisor works a lot um, in orthopedics and um, does a little bit of molecular biology and cell biology um, at least one aspect of the lab and I came in with no uh, well very little cell culture experience but I did have a lot of orthopedic experience and biomaterial experience and so we were able to talk about that because she wanted to kind of delve into biomaterials and that's how we were able to have a really nice conversation during our interview is because we were able to connect um, my previous research project with what she wanted to do in her lab so you know talking yourself up would you know it gets goes hand in hand with doing the research for each faculty
1: member and seeing how you can fit into their lab right okay. Yeah, you may not be exactly like whoever you're interested in working for, because I was in the same position, um, biochemistry, molecular biology. I worked shortly at NIH in one of their uh, cancer institute labs. And when I got to my current advisor, he was like, oh, this is great. I have no idea what any of this means, but I want to incorporate it into my research. You can help me. And yeah, that sounds like overwhelming at first. Um, but it means that you can kind of like tie your background into what you're doing and it makes you a little bit more comfortable and not so like lost at sea in a new field.
0: To just tease the next episode a little bit, we're going to go over some some questions specifically that we think are important to ask both students and professors, as well as some red flags to watch out for during your recruitment weekend. Um, If nobody else has anything to add on to how to sell yourself, I'm just gonna wrap us up. So this is the end of our episode one of the PhD cast. If you have any specific questions you'd like us to answer, please send us an email at the cbisgpa at rpi.edu. We hope all your Westerns aren't too blotted and that all your differences are significant. Have a good one. (music) Thank <music> you.